What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 12 of Blunt Instruments. I am Luke. You can find me at Bonds Apartment on Instagram. Let me do introduce you to... I almost fucked it up again, but we're not going to keep going. <laughs> uh, we're going to keep going. Let me introduce you to Jake at James Bond AU on Instagram. Jake, we're back, buddy. What's going on? Well, I'm back. You sound a bit rusty there, but how's life yeah. going? Uh, you know, busy, busy. If that if that's yeah. a good enough excuse, but it's we're, we've had a bit of a hiatus. Just I mean, not episodes wise, but had a lot of shit going on. Each of us were pretty busy, so we're back after not recording for what, like almost two weeks, kind of or something. Yeah, I think so. I think this is the first episode where it's just been me and you again for a while. So it's nice to yeah, yeah, yeah do one of these again. I think this is where we started off. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. Happy Global James Bond Day. Do we say happy Global James Bond Day? Is that like a celebration? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, for the, I suppose, pulling back the curtain and showing the magic, we're recording this on, it's my Wednesday morning, uh, Tuesday morning, so your m- Monday evening, Global James Bond mm-hmm. Day. So, yeah, there's yep. been a few things going on today around that, which has been nice. Um, I suppose... We would be be difficult not to start this podcast off. No time to die, unfortunately. How are you feeling about that? Um, I don't. I it, I guess it doesn't bother me too much, just because even though this year's kind of flown by, um, in the midst of everything going on, I feel like it. I don't, it's either it hasn't hit me yet, or I just kind of never really felt like it was coming out in November in the first place. So. I mean, it sucks, obviously, but, you know, I guess it doesn't bother me. I mean, I wanted it to be November just because it seems like fall, Christmas time, Halloween, whatever, Thanksgiving is when they usually come out, but yeah. it doesn't bother me too much. How about you? Yeah, I think it's a weird one, this one. Like, I, I sort of compared it to the first time they got delayed, and the feeling was so different. Like, I remember feeling absolutely shattered when it got delayed the first time, but I think... Right. As much as I I probably was expecting it to come out, to be truthfully honest, like I think mm-hmm. the way that all the marketing had ramped up, that it was probably a little bit of a, it was one of those, it was a little bit of a surprise, but at the same time, not really a surprise, like you see how the world's going in Europe and that, and this is way worse than what we had back last April, um, right. that you can sort of understand it, to be honest, but yeah, yeah I suppose... I think we've probably got more than enough content to get us through till, you know, yeah. next day. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I was... Uh, really do about it. Right, right. And right now, as we're recording this, they're doing um, David Zaritsky's Global James Bond Day uh, live stream with a couple of the guys on there. And um, he was going around asking the three guests he had at the time, um, do you feel like you have enough content to... Uh, you know, to stay fresh for the next six to eight months or whatever it is. And everybody was saying, yeah, I mean, I think you and I do just because we're fairly new, but yeah, you know, you, I think in times like these, you just have to step back and then look at the franchise from a different, a different lens, you know, yeah, and um, come up with some different ideas. But nonetheless, we will continue to pump out all kinds of stuff. We got a lot of cool stuff on the horizon, luckily for us. So we're, we're good to go. Yeah. No, I agree. So, um, yeah, I think we might as well jump into it. So today we are looking at the Pierce Brosnan films. Yep, back into the um, 
highly anticipated <laughs> uh, ranking series on Blunt Instruments. We are on the second episode of that series, ranking the four Pierce Brosnan movies. I, Jake and I have know, know each other well enough now to I feel like this is going to be uh, similar to the last one where we're basically exactly the same, if not. I mean, it's difficult, though, because there's only four, so if we miss one, we miss half. We disagree yeah. on half. So. But I... I I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the uh, I'm gonna put my money on that we're we're pretty much the same on this I think. Yeah, I'm interested to see because I know I've got one choice that's not not normal. Um, so yeah, I'm interested mm. to see that one. But I I wonder I I went back and I pretty much watched all of them in a day, um, give or take a couple or maybe one. I watched three yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um. How do you feel like they've aged now? You know, like going back and almost... This is the first time I've probably ever gone back and looked at a Bond film in more of a critical eye because I know that we're recording this compared to sticking one on on a Sunday night. Um, Mm -hmm. How did you sort of feel about watching them all again? Yeah, without... So I actually watched them all again before we even decided to do the series. But, you know, growing up on those films, I probably didn't need to watch them again necessarily but to to not sound like an idiot i definitely needed to um and to to try to pick out things that i didn't notice in place but without giving anything away there's two of them that i think have aged very well two that i one in particular has absolutely not Mm -hmm. and um then the other one's kind of hit or miss but i think two of them have aged pretty well yeah no what about you yeah, I, I could probably agree with that. Like, I think there's um, there's a lot going on with a lot of different parts in the films that I probably have missed, you know, mm-hmm. from that time gap that I've seen them. Um, I probably don't gravitate so much to Pierce Brosnan's films. If I'm, mm-hmm. I know we've spoken about this before that I'd, I'd almost always go to a Daniel Craig film and then probably pass that probably a Roger Moore film. Um, right to have such a stark contrast between the two. So mm-hmm. it was interesting to to look over these ones again. Um but I did enjoy it. Like I yeah. I enjoyed watching them again. Um Yeah me some too. of them some of them, you know, aren't as good as the others. But yeah, I actually right. did enjoy it. Yeah, me as well. So do you want to uh start off with your least favourite or your number four ranked Pierce Brosnan film and similar to last week before we get started and I'm sorry if you heard that I moved my desk but um, similar to last last episode of the series all um, we'll touch on like the box office success versus the budget we'll name some of the stars and some of their accolades and uh, the Rotten Tomatoes slash critics score and uh, kind of discuss as usual but Jake what is your Number four, Pierce Brosnan film. So my number four is The World Is Not Enough. Oh, we're already getting off to a good start because mine is Die Another Day. Yeah, that's where these two are pretty close. Um, yeah. But I I chose The World Is Not Enough, and I know that Die Another Day has, you know, it's, it's critical review to it, and there's a lot there's a lot wrong with that film. But for me, just the world is not enough. I just, I didn't find the story as entertaining as some of the mm-hmm. other ones, to be honest. Like, um, I just, there's a lot going on in it, and I don't necessarily think it's bad, but I just didn't enjoy 
I suppose the overall experience of it. It felt like there's so many parts in that film that didn't need to be in it that right. when it all came together, it felt a bit like a mismatch, to be honest. Yeah. That was, and and that's probably why I'd say this one's my number four. And it's not. I I I enjoyed watching all of them, but this was just my least enjoyable viewing. Um, yeah. So you've got die another day. That's yeah. yeah. I can see. <laughs> so. Yeah, we'll we'll start with the world is not enough. So, written by Neil, you know they're based they they've written everything. Not, uh, I think I think um, or something. I feel like they were gone at one point and came back. Let's take a look here. Someone can fact check us on that. Yeah, Casino, Quantum, Skyfall, Inspector. So that yeah, yeah. they've done them. So okay. Um or. Parts of it, however you want to look at it. Yeah. So when you put that into it, it's a little shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, 57 on Rotten Tomatoes, 52% media critic, IMDb, IMDb 6.5 out of 10. Um, wrong movie. Fucking idiot. Hold on. <laughs> My bad. Let's start over with that. Okay. This came out November 19th, 1999. Neil Purvis, Robert Wade, Bruce Feierstein, Feierstein, director Michael Apted, $135 million budget. I'm sure it made 400 to $500 million. 52% of Rotten Tomatoes, 57% media critic, 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Now, Denise Richards, like Sophie Marceau is a great actress. Robert yeah. Carlyle, very good actor, very Lesser known stateside. Um, yeah. Robbie Coltrane is also very good. You got Judy Dench, Desmond Llewellyn. Um, this is Pierce Brosnan's third of four. I thought this, I agree with you that it's, I mean, I guess I could have even gone as far to say that this is at the bottom with Die Another Day. Yeah. Um, I just think, you know, and we'll dive into Die Another Day because I'm assuming it's your number three. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, um, so yeah, well, like this, I guess is going to be a two-parter here. I didn't like this movie because first off, Denise Richards is a terrible casting choice. Like, yeah, it's, you don't need to like Sophie Marceau is a phenomenal actress and she's beautiful. You don't need it. You can find it in both. You don't need to just try to find somebody who's good looking and think yeah. that they aren't talented because they are. Um, so that is my biggest issue with the film aside from, I the bullet lodged in his brain thing. Yeah. Uh, it's just so unrealistic to me that, you know, to me, it's like what Neil Purvis and Robert Wade have been writing for Daniel Craig versus this. Like, it's like, were they high? Were they it's like, just like night and day, isn't it? It's like, I know, dark and gritty versus almost sci fi. It's right. It's bizarre. It's like, did they have like a, an elementary school Neil nearby? Like, yeah write some something down and they were like, Oh, this one's kind of funny, yeah. but I don't know. So for me, I just, I don't like the story. I agree with you. Um, I guess to wrap up my portion on it, the reason I had die another day lower is just because I feel like die another day is very, very good right up until he leaves like Shanghai or Beijing or Hong Kong, wherever he is right in the beginning there. 
Yeah. And then it's just so bad. I just think it's so bad. So it makes the bullet in the brain thing seem like you could have just met somebody at Kroger yesterday that's also got a bullet in the brain. You know what I mean? Like the kite surfing and a tsunami and shit. Even if anybody's seen that being James Bond or what was it called? Everything or nothing or whatever the yeah, even, yeah. accidental shout out to uh, Joe Darlington. Everything yeah. or documentary. Pierce Brosnan is literally laughing at the invisible car and the kite surfing in the tsunami. So, but yeah, so for me, I agree. I, I don't really like the world is not enough. I don't like the story of it very much. I think it could have been tweaked to be more realistic. And I think the casting could have been better, but the only reason I have it slightly higher than die another day is just because I think that story gets very far fetched, but this is your number four. So, what are, what in detail would you say makes it your number four? So there's there are some fantastic parts in this film. Like I I think that that is probably Pierce Brosnan's best pre-title sequence. The boat chase in that I love that part. Like I remember oh. as a kid watching that and just thinking that is the coolest shit that I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know the boat and falling down the dome and things like that. And I think it also helped because that was when I was growing up in London. The dome was a massive, um, a massive project that had been undertaken there. Um, so, so to have that involved in that film, um, was huge. But for me, I, I agree with Denise Richards. I think that was a, a very typical hiring the it girl of the time and that mm-hmm. not aging well. Like, let's stick Denise Richards in there because I think she. This is around the time she was with Charlie Sheen, isn't it? Like, this is when. Yeah, probably. All um, and it just didn't work, to be honest. Like, just, just not a good casting choice. Um, Robert Carlyle is fantastic, and I think that's probably something that mm-hmm. I noticed throughout all of Pierce Brosnan's films that, apart from maybe Die Another Day. I'd say that all of the, the villains in the film, actually, no, that's just a lie. There's two good villains in Pierce Brosnan's films. I just lied mm-hmm. completely. Um, but Robert Carlyle's great. Like, he, I've always enjoyed Robert Carlyle. I grew up on train spots in and, and loved that film as well. So, I, you know, seeing him, him in a Bond film seemed like a good fit for me. The same with, um, Sophie McCow. She's, she's great in this film, but, yeah, I just think there's certain aspects to it that, you know, like I said, there's scenes that that just shouldn't even be in there. Like, they're, they're completely pointless. The part with the saw and the car, that's probably one of my yeah. least favourite scenes in the whole whole film. Just, mm-hmm. I remember reading somewhere or hearing somewhere that that scene basically came around because the idea was let's have a, you know, a, a helicopter with a saw on it and let's saw mm-hmm. the car in half. And then it was just shoehorned into that scene there. Right. Like, completely unnecessary, added nothing. Right, um, yeah, you see it cutting down the tree line, and then next thing you know, it's like in some random harbor. Yeah. and Like, just flying around yeah. the city with that that saw hanging? Come on. Yeah, nah, it's just, um, yeah, I think, like I said, it's just, I didn't enjoy it as much as, as the other films. Um, so... That's why it's my number four. I know that I might get a bit of, you know, stick for that, not having Die Another Day, because I do agree that Die Another Day is it's pretty rough at times. 
Um, but I suppose the difference with Die Another Day for me is it, that's a well and truly sort of escapism film. I watch that now and I laughed from almost beginning to end of Die Another Day. <laughs> I know. Both both at it and with it. But um, yep. compared to The World Is Not Enough, it just, yeah. Yeah. It did not do it for so me. Let's, uh, yeah, so then we'll go. So Die Another Day is your number three, I'm assuming? It is, yeah. Okay, yeah, so this works out kind of nice. So that Die Another Day is my four, and it's Jake's number three. So Die Another Day is a 57% on Rotten Tomatoes, 56% media critic, 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb. I remember sitting front row to see this film, actually, with some of my friends when I was 11, I would have been. Yeah. Um, $140 budget. 431 million US made at the box office. Um, trying to think about this one. So the reason I have this as my number four, aside from what I just touched on. So it's hard for me to, you know, one thing I like to think is when you're cast in a Bond film, especially now you're talented or hidden talented. And we just haven't seen it yet because they generally, especially with Daniel Craig, they cast pretty damn good people. But freaking Johnny Tran from Fast and Furious, dude, Rick Yoon, Zhao, Diamond Face. The second he speaks, his name's James Bond. He's a British assassin. Get <laughs> out of here. You suck. You suck. You suck. Rosamund Pike and Halle Berry should be embarrassed embarrassed because they're phenomenal actresses. I mean, and I'm going to steal something from a guy I know named Jake who said that Halle Berry is too good for this film. And I agree with you. I agree with you. And so is Roseman Pike. So is Judy Dench. John Cleese. Eh. I'm going to go even on a limb here. The original Colonel Moon before he turned into Toby Stevens, whatever, Gustav Graves. Yeah. Will Young Lee is, in my opinion, super underrated. I think he's a very good actor. I really do. He's currently on The Good Doctor. I don't know if you guys okay. have that over in Australia. I think you do. Yeah. Yeah, he's very good in that. He's just, I've seen him do a lot of things. I've seen him do some dumb shit. But yeah. it's also shown me that he's pretty damn good, and I think that he could have he been in the film longer, in my opinion. Give him yeah. something to sink his teeth into. And then even with... um Kenneth Sang, who plays his dad, yeah. he's in all kinds of stuff. He's very good, too. I mean, they casted it well, mm-hmm. for the most part. You know, and, like, Roseman Pike and Halle Berry are phenomenal. Um, but for me, the story is just ridiculous, and it's still Neil Purvis and Robert Wade. And I remember, and I think when we, if you have, I listened to that new James Bond podcast that came out the official one and all they the, touch all on, of the all of the episodes no just all, the first all, one. Of, all of those one episodes that came out oh okay <laughs> i didn't know i was five behind the times here but uh yeah all 35 minutes they had this sucks yeah yeah um it was actually pretty good and the editing is incredible so i was like i need to do a better job but neil and robert touch on die another day for a very quick second and say that it's a spectacle and blah 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 i get that and at the time, I'm sure, you know, it fit 
this is one of the films that earlier in the episode I thought does not age well because with the Bourne films and now the Daniel Craig Bond films, it just, I don't think it walked the line of spectacle and drama and however thriller per se, I don't think it walked that line at all. I think it was spectacle and nothing else, um, which is a shame. But, you know, David Zariski said today on a quick live stream he did, before his uh, global James Bond event, that he appreciates the Timothy Dalton films now more than he's now that he's an adult. I'm the opposite with <laughs> Die Another Day. Now that yeah. I'm a grown up, I'm like this movie is ridiculous. But to wrap up my issues with it, Roseman Pike, Halle Berry, too good for the film. The story is ridiculous. You've said it before too. Um, once he gets to Cuba, just takes the shit. Yeah. That's it for me. Yeah, I I agree. Do you want to know who isn't too good for this film? Who deserves to be in this absolute pile of shit? Q? Mad- Madonna. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she, she deserves to have her name tied to this film for the rest of her 250 years on this planet, because I'm pretty sure she's an alien. Um, she, uh, okay. So, I I agree. I think there's so much with this film that doesn't age well. Um, costume design, so much of that doesn't age well. Um, I'm mainly talking about probably like Halle Berry's red jumpsuit thing. Like, that... It's weird. I don't get it. She looks um, like she should be like auditioning for like Daredevil or something in that. Yeah, exactly. Or she um, the set like on a crotch rocket, and they were like, you know what? Keep that on. <laughs> <laughs> that looks good. And something that I found really interesting with this film. This is obviously um, this is Brosnan's last film, and I I almost sort of. I I did look at these films and almost compared them to Craig's films, and I know that that's difficult to do because they are very different. They're different audiences, different times. Um, but he just looks so much older, and he he looks out of place doing some of the things in this film compared to what we've seen Daniel Craig now, how he looks in No Time to Die. Like, yeah. I know we haven't seen that full film. We might be talking next April, whenever it comes out, about how old he looks. So, you know, I, I can't fully say it, but I I personally thought Brosnan looks old in this film. He looks like right. this is the end anyway um, for him and and probably a good, good thing it was as well. But, mm-hmm. yeah, Halle Berry, um, I know this was probably earlier in her career, so it's it's difficult to say, you know, should or shouldn't she have been in it because... I think you know, she already had an Oscar by this point, though. Well, if she won the Oscar for Monsters Ball, I'm pretty sure she had it already. Oh, really? Okay. Sorry, well, that's why I'm saying Yeah, I'll double check. Um, I mean, you could be right. I, I mean, but at the same time, like, that kind of, uh, you know, you're kind of like, okay, you just won a, an Oscar. And have you seen Monsters Ball? Um, years ago. Don't ask yeah. me to review it. I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've only seen it one time. Shit, feels so good. Feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Rosman Pike. No, well, if, like, I'm trying to find out when that came out. Oh, 2001. So it was like right around the same time. Right. Who okay. knows? Yeah. 
So, Rosamund Pike, um, she is... She probably steals this film for me a little bit. I thought that she was fantastic in this. I remember seeing it when I was a lot younger and thinking the same thing, and I still think the same thing with her in this film. Like, she she plays the a right sort of, you know, Bond character for her accent for how she is right. it and it works um, the same with Toby Stevens almost like let's let's not shy away from the fact he's definitely um, Richard Branson in this film isn't he like that's that's who he is Richard Branson is an absolute psychopath so he's definitely Richard Branson um, and and I think that he plays him well but yeah it's it's the storyline about how those two come around and who they are and you know face swapping and all this absolutely oh like, yeah why is the car invisible i don't uh oh, surfing and that like i yeah that was bad but yeah. the car being invisible this is the this is another thing too the invisible car part shows itself and in, in its utility in what i think is the worst the whole sequence in the ice yeah. palace is stupid it's yeah. stupid the why does he even make starts it? off. Oh, what? What? Why does he even make it invisible at that point? He knows no, he's there. Know. Yeah. My thing is, the movie starts off too, and I always forget about this. He's surfing when he starts the film. Yeah, but he's, he's cool surfing. surfing. Like the... That's fine though. He he looks cool right, when he's surfing still... at the beginning. Oh right, yeah, and, yeah, but still, it's like Daniel Craig or Jesus Pierce Brosnan is. You're supposed to think Pierce Brosnan can just hang fucking ten. Like in that in that jumpsuit in the North Korean <laughs> crazy waters they have over like how many times I mean you would you live in Australia I see the Hemsworth down there in Byron Bay you're telling me <laughs> that these guys are like you know who's even got better waves dude North Korea come yeah, on I can, yeah right, no fair enough like I'm sure like I'm sure for part. like an entrance I'm sure from an entrance point of view um, the special ops and that when they're going in somewhere to do some covert operation aren't like, there you go, there's your surfboard, good luck. Right. Did you know that they had to delay Die Another Day filming that scene because the perfect storm with George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg just got done filming in North Korea? (laughs) With those crazy waves? Come on, dude. Yeah. Okay, but in all fairness, that entrance bit is far cooler than him... Kite surfing off a bit of metal um, on a CGI tsunami. Like, I think that's the problem with it. The 2001, like 2002, sorry, when this was released, CGI was, it wasn't great. And that's what's aged this film, is that we look at that almost 20 years later now and you just go what is, who came up with that idea and who thinks that's a good idea but at the time I remember seeing it and you know I remember going and seeing this you were saying you're sitting in the front row I was living in the Caribbean at this time and Caribbean is very um, it's a very like Christian sort of focused place um, a lot of you know no violent films everything like that and Die Another Day was rated restricted R18 um, and I was like 11 or whatever and I remember I had to sneak into the cinema with the hood up, like with my hood up. It was like 45 <laughs> degrees and I'm wearing a black hoodie with my hood up and that um, with my mum because she was like, you know, it's a James Bond film and he's 11. Of course, you should go and see it. Um, right. 
And yeah, I remember watching it and being like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And then exactly like you've said, I've become somewhat of an adult and got to this stage and gone, I don't know how I can watch all of this. Yeah, but, I just remember liking it because of Halle Berry in the bathing suit. That's it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, but what yeah, would you no, say? I, uh, what would you uh, say is a better theme song? The world is not enough, or die another day. Well, it's not enough. Hands down. That is a great song. That is a great uh, song. Garbage. I just, I just cannot stand die, die another day. Uh huh. Madonna is. I think she's the Antichrist. She. <laughs> She's she's a very concerning lady. Um, I'm gonna give you know. a sign, eight by ten, sent it to Australia, Madonna. What? So it can be sacrificed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when you get cold, you're gonna burn it. Yeah, like that's. I I have no shame in saying this. Madonna's not listening to our podcast. Actually, saying that she's probably probably is she listens to everything I can imagine she's that sort of woman um no I, I yeah god just oh, fuck Madonna I'm gonna wake up yes and no I'm gonna kiss some part of I'm gonna keep this secret I'm gonna close my All right, well, let's move on. So, I will, uh, I'll lead the way on this one. Yeah. My number two is Tomorrow Never Dies. And we are back in sync. Yep. 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 I think, is your number two Tomorrow Never Dies because your number one's Goldeneye? Yeah. How's, yeah. How'd you know that? It's pretty much, isn't it? It's like Golden Eye is always going to be number one. You're so smart. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, Tomorrow Never Dies. 57 on Rotten Tomatoes. 52% media critic. 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. 33, 333 million at the box office. 110 million. So that means that Pierce Brosnan's second outing didn't do as good as his third and fourth, which is interesting. Um, Michelle Yu, Terry Hatcher, John Lewis, Judy Dench, Desmond Llewellyn, of course Pierce Brosnan. Um, this one, and we, I feel like the Bond community talks about this one a lot. This one is actually one, it's weird. So, I think as a kid, I liked all four of them. Mm -hmm. And this one was probably my second favorite back then. And then as I've gotten older, I think I've actually appreciated this one even more because I think the story is actually very good. It's a very, I think, I personally think it's a very good storyline. Whether it's executed perfectly is a different story, <laughs> but yeah. the story itself is pretty good. Um, we've had a lot of people on here, different interviewees and people like that. Um, we talked about this before. Um, What's his face? Can't think of his name right now. Anthony Hopkins. Sir Anthony Hopkins was offered the part of Elliot Carver and turned yeah. it down. Um, maybe that was a grudge with, I think, Express.
expressing interest in being James Bond and not getting that, which would be ridiculous. But, yeah. you know, this movie could have been a lot of things. I think Terry Hatcher, Terry Hatcher is substantially better than Denise Richards, but still, I mean, it's a small part. Like, Denise Richards, technically, I feel like, maybe not, like, uh, substance-wise, didn't have a bigger part, but I definitely think she had more lines. Um, yeah. Uh, but Terry yeah. Hatcher, she played her part well, and you know she was, she's beautiful and was served her purpose in the film. But like I said, I mean, in the la- in Die Another Day, you've got Halle Berry and Rosamund Pike. Like you can do beautiful and very talented. Yeah, I, they settled again, not as much, but you know they settled or they settled technically in the first place because this came yeah. before that, but. I don't know. On the Michelle Yeoh, you, however you say it, Waylon character, her and Pierce Brosnan have zero chemistry. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like watching, you know, I don't know, I don't know why I can't. We've got people who complain, so, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's just watching something ridiculous. They don't, they don't mesh. They just don't. Nah. So, um, but aside from that, I think the story is the film's saving grace. I think. Um, you know, it's still got more of a GoldenEye vibe than a Die Another Day vibe. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That earlier couple films still felt more realistic. Um, the henchman, like Stamper, wasn't bad. Uh, What's-His-Face is an absolute idiot, though. Um, Ricky J. Henry Gupta. Idiot. Oh, yep. So, um, he sucks. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of that one line I always think of him saying. That's just so stupid. Or just say the word and something is, I forgot how he says it. When, like at the very end when he's like getting ready to blow something up. Fun fact, Gerard Butler's in this film, if anybody didn't know. Um, he plays yeah, like, that was weird, wasn't it? Navy guys, yeah. 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 Deckers, hey Um, but yeah, so, I don't know. You dive into your, uh, your detailed reason for number two and then I'll jump back in because I'm going on a tangent. Yeah, I I think that um, I'd have to agree with you that almost like as as I was growing up, this would probably be my number four Pierce Brosnan film as I was a kid. Like, just the things in the film didn't excite me as much as the other ones when I was younger, like the gadgets and things like that. They're not as over the top as some of the other ones. Um, but now, going back on, on review now, I think that... The storyline is scarily accurate to, to things that are actually happening in the real world nowadays. Um, I know that, that our friend Donny, um, did a, did a great podcast episode on this, um, and talking about some of the similarities with Donny, aka the Belt Waldron. <laughs> what up? Um, I don't, I don't completely just. Gloss over that fact there. Um, and yeah, I, I would very much recommend Donny's episode on this because it's a really interesting, interesting listen. But now, now in sort of the stage of life where I am, I, I enjoyed this one so much more than I, than I ever remember enjoying it in the past. Um, agree about Terry Hatcher. I think once again, it's just, you know, she was the it girl at the time. I, I can see why they filmed her, um, in this, but, I think, if I remember rightly, Monica Belushi was um, meant to get that part. She pretty much got the same part in Spectre anyway. Like, however many years later, it's the same sort of part. You know, the wife of the 
of the villain, a very yeah. small sort of bit in it. Um, but could you imagine knowing that film? Like it would have, it would have elevated that even more. Um, and I think for me, it's probably just Carver's probably just not the best villain for it. Like that's that's the only sort of thing. He also does some of the worst fake typing I've ever seen in my life. Like. There's a bit where he's writes in their obituary, and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I sort of had it on in the background yesterday. <laughs> <And all of laughs> oh yeah, I had it on in the background, and all of a sudden I heard like someone having a fight with a keyboard, and was like, mm-hmm. "What is going on here?" So I turned to look at it, and he's just standing there, like, absolutely. Oh, he's just like beating the living shit out of this keyboard right in this obituary, yeah. and it's like, yeah, I think nowadays we realise that so... touch typing is probably the way forward. Right. I pulled something up here out of curiosity. So the most popular or the highest paid actors and actresses in 1997 and the top Pierce Rosen's actually number five, but, um, and that's above De Niro, Brad Pitt, people like that. Um, Sandra Bullock, Julia Roberts, Renee Russo, Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, let's see who else. Demi Moore. And in all fairness to Sandra Bullock, she deserves every dollar she got because she hasn't yeah. done a bad film. Yeah, Sandra Bullock's the best. Yeah. The proposals, the proposal's amazing. Um, but, like, I honestly, though, like, at that time, especially, Demi Moore and Michelle Pfeiffer, probably more leaning towards Michelle Pfeiffer, they could have killed that role. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, and the thing is, though, but it, it's difficult for me because... Goldeneye was good. So as an actor or actress in that time, you can't see Goldeneye and see Pierce Brosnan, who, and and you can't see those film that film and think, oh, like I don't like the direction. You know, this isn't very good. No. It it like it'd be like if it was the world is not enough. Like yeah, then follow it up with the next film. Like good luck getting any of these actresses. But yeah. after Goldeneye. I don't see them having an issue getting a Michelle Pfeiffer or Demi Moore. I think them at that time, Nicole Kidman's on here. I think at that time they probably would have said it's just not a big enough part or it's not a good enough part. So I really think maybe that's why. And the thing is Terry Hatcher is not even in the top 100 of actresses that made bank that year. She just like, and she was in a Bond film. So yeah. Whatever else she was doing at the time, I don't know if that was anywhere near the time she was doing the Lois Lane thing, but like, I mean, she was, just, she was just well known, wasn't she? That's the thing. Like, she yeah. was well known for who she was. She might not have been paid accordingly, but I think she, yeah, she was just well known. Like, I remember seeing her being like, oh, I know who that is at that age. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I just went through real quick of the top 215 actors and actresses in 1997. She made, she did not make the list. Billy Zane. I put the coat on her. He is in this at 208. Before She's not even on this list. Robin Williams is number one, just fun fact. But. Oh, and Morgan Freeman, number 11. But, uh, <laughs> there, there we go. You know, I don't know. I think. It's you said it right. She was it girl. I just don't. Yeah. I think they just missed the boat. I think they could have. Even if you just get get you know Michelle Pfeiffer and throw the money at her, even if you yeah. have to, 
Like it, it honestly could have bumped it up 10% if on a Rotten Tomatoes type thing if you had somebody more credible in there. I mean, and there's a reason why Anthony Hopkins turned down the role, but I I don't see the script being the reason because I unless maybe back then they thought it was too unrealistic, which even then I don't really think it is. You know, shit like this was going on already. Yeah. So I don't know. And um, another thing, so I'm watching this. Doctor Kaufman is secretly the best character in this whole uh-huh. film. Like, ah, Stamper. Stamper. Um. I'm embarrassed. That that whole scene just made me laugh with that. Um, I'm just there. There were actually a couple of very funny bits in this film, which almost felt out of context, like almost slapsticky, like that bit. And then there's another bit when um, Carver does this weird like kung fu pretend thing, um, <laughs> and do you know the bit I'm talking about? Where, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just watching it, and I was like, wow, that's um, culturally inappropriate, but quite funny at the time. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of very funny bits, and I think for probably some of Piss Wozen's, I suppose, quote-unquote, like, coolest moments of him being Bond in this film, like the, the pre-title sequence with him in that leather jacket, shooting out of the plane, shit like that, mm-hmm. and then him in the actual, in the Navy uniform, and I know yeah. that we're all dying to see Daniel Craig wearing something like that again. Uh, those two sections there where he's sort of doing those couple of bits, he just looks so cool. Like, Right. Oh, yeah, I agree. Bit. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do this before I forget. Um, tell me your favorite scene from each of the three we've already discussed, starting with The World Is Not Enough. Yeah, so the world is not enough. I know this is a bit of a cop out because you know it's always the big sort of big budget bit for the for me. The world's not enough. My favorite scene is just the the pre-title okay. um, sequence, just on the boat. It's good action. It's got a bit of a good story behind it. Um, so that's the world's not enough. Tomorrow never dies. Probably say. Um, Tomorrow Never Dies is a weird one, isn't it? Because I don't even know if there's... I'll tell you mine. Yeah, I'll copy yours. What's yours? Mine is... So, as a kid, like, for me, the reason I liked those films, especially as a kid, was because of the guns and the gadgets and things like that. Yeah. Um, And I just wanted to be James Bond so bad. The the scene when they're in that, like, secret little base and they're preparing all those guns and stuff to yeah. go attack when he holds up like the omega and then um grabs like the p99 i was like this is sweet like if i had this in my room and i'm pretty sure i went around and somehow recreated that with like nerf guns or cap guns or something at some yeah. point in time but i love that yeah. and my my favorite scene in the world is not enough <laughs> i think donnie waldron would actually appreciate this is when he goes in to get his arm checked by that doctor and yeah. she hands him the x-ray, and he just tosses it. <laughs> Me and my friends used to rewind that, like, because he just, like, completely disregards. He just, like, throws it. And it's just, like, so stupid. He doesn't even look at it, just tosses it. Yeah. I was like, this is so dumb, but it's so funny to me. <laughs> and um, uh, what else did we... Yeah, go ahead. What's your... Yeah, did you was, come up with uh, Tomorrow Never Dies? Yeah, Tomorrow Never Dies, I think it's just got to be... Um, Got to be the Dr. Kaufman bit. Like, I just, like, that was the part where 
everything else I just completely stopped watching yesterday. I stopped working, I stopped paying attention and just watched that whole scene where they're in the hotel room just because it's funny. Um, yeah. Just made me laugh. Um, one thing I will say about that film, though, really quickly before we jump on to our favourite bit and die another day, uh, is you were sort of saying about the chemistry <coughs> with um, with Bosnian and, and Wei Ling there as well. Um, is it just me or does that motorbike chase where they're going on it that's probably the part of the film that almost hasn't aged well for me like it felt uh-huh. so timid um did you ever, did you notice that when you watched it again like i just watched it and was like oh this is boring um yeah i mean that's that was probably my biggest rift with this film is it is a little slow and yeah dull. um yeah. But sometimes some of the best films out there are like that. So yeah. I think that's why it has um, come across more of like a golden eye where it is a little more thespian than Die yeah. Another Day. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with that. I just, for me, she just didn't do it for me at any point. So most of the scenes she's in just bug me. Like it's not till the end. It's not till they're on that stealth boat where I actually like start to somewhat feel their you know what I mean? Feelings for each other, I guess, or at least, you know, res- mutual respect or whatever. It's not until then where I really have any sort of, um, you know, care for that yeah. relation. Yeah. So what's your favorite bit from, um, from Die Another Day? Um, from Die Another Day, I would, be, I would say, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I really like when he gets on the plane and London call, London's calling is playing. Yeah, or London yeah, calling. That's, that's cool. a great scene. But yeah. um, it's very like non-bond, isn't it? Like yeah. non-bond yeah. adding that song in, but it's a good. It feels right at the oh, same yeah. time. It's weird. Yeah, it's perfect. It's and he's looking yeah. just freaking suave as hell on that plane. Yeah, like every time I and I've got a glass. You guys can't see it, but every time I always want to be like. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I honestly think one of my favorite scenes would be when he, from when he escapes the boat with M in the beginning, all the way up until when he checks out of that hotel, like the whole send up my tailor, you know, him shaving and he's just like, boom, there he is. That's freaking Bond right there. And then, um, you know, throwing that ashtray into the mirror. That's, yeah. that's kind of a cool, that's a very Roger Moore-esque scene to me. Yeah. Um, I would say that's my favorite. Yeah, I think for me, I I actually enjoy most of the Cuba scenes, like um, more when he's you know just walking around, going to the cigar factory, things like that. Like I I enjoy that part, and I also I enjoy the fencing bit and the sword fight in mm-hmm. that. As soon as Madonna fucks off, um, <laughs> and then I don't enjoy it again when she comes back at the end. So. There's, there's we like should a, make this. Let's title this episode like episode twelve, um, Pierce Brosnan review featuring Madonna. <laughs> oh, yeah. So like, there's that part. I I'm I almost have to like pause it once Madonna's gone, collect myself, go and grab a coffee, you know, calm down, and then I can enjoy it again. Just she makes me so angry. Um. So yeah, that's probably my couple of bits from from Die Another Day. Madonna does suck. All right. Well, the worst thing is you type 
and then Madonna's face pops up everywhere. Like I, I can't lie, I don't hate that song. I don't hate that song. Oh, but well, this this was a sad way to end our podcast career, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's wrap, let's wrap her up here, fellas. Yeah. Um, number one for both of us, Golden Eye, for good yeah. reason. Let's uh, examine the statistics real quick before we dive in. This is obviously the most well received. Seventy eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. 90% of Google users liked this movie. 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Martin Campbell, phenomenal, phenomenal director. Casino Royale, baby. And $60 million budget, $352.1 million at the box. And let's just add in there really quickly, too. What he did with $60 million, pretty damn impressive, to be honest yeah. with you, because he probably could ask for more. And he, I mean... Like, let's be real. They'll put as much money as they need to make this a good film. So, um, not a whole lot wrong with Goldeneye. Uh, kind of wish they would have stayed on that path with the rest of them. Sean Bean, phenomenal. Um, yeah. Natalia, phenomenal. Famke Jansen, that's an actress right there that to me is your Eva Green, um, Leia Sadu, like, good-looking, oh, wait a minute, they can actually act, too. You know what I mean? Like, not just, they casted this film just so much better. Yeah. Um, Robbie Coltrane again, Valentine, love him. Um, Alan Cumming, obviously a pretty, pretty big-time actor there, too. Um, I mean, I grew up with this, you know. Goldeneye, the N64 game is what got me into this whole thing, like a lot of us. And, um, you know, for me, it's just something that will always have a very special place in my life. Um, yeah. but you know, it's, to me, it's very, it's just, it's just good. It's the, they, they, they wrote a film with a specific feel and they filmed it matching yeah. that feel completely. And they didn't put any stupid CGI in there. Um, you know, and even as a kid, I struggled with trying, I was like, but they shot, Trevelyan in the head. Why is he alive? They didn't shoot him, and they just didn't shoot him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can. That's at least that's how I look at it. He could have yeah. easily shot next to him. You know what I mean? It look. You can make it look like he shot. He didn't. They just didn't shoot him. Whatever. Yeah. But go ahead. Give me your uh, in depth as to why this is your number one. Yeah, I think there's so many parts of this film that just make it a great Bond film. Like, you've got the gadgets that aren't over the top, mm-hmm. but are still cool enough to, you know, you can watch it when you're 11 or 12, and then watch it again 20 years later and still enjoy it. Um, and then I think, you know, just just the cast in it, Sean, Sean being in that, it's just fantastic. Like, yeah. um Alan Carmen, he's he's actually done a lot over in Australia with um with the Adelaide Fringe Festival and mm-hmm. you know once a year he he's over here and you know you see him doing the media circuit and that and you see him and you're like ah there's Boris um Boris there's there's so much just to enjoy about this film like I it also has probably one of the most underrated James Bond songs um mm-hmm. halfway through the film not not the main song. The Stand By Your Man in that club in Russia is 
You know the film I'm talking about. Oh, of course I do. The fact yeah, that they got like, Minnie Driver to do that, and I, I yeah. heard a statistic recently, I can't remember where, she got paid like five grand to do that or something. Yeah, just like just brilliant. Come on. I know. Um, who's strangling the cat. Or what did you say? Who's killing the cat? Who's strangling the cat? Yeah, and he's like, right. strangling a cat. And then he yeah. realizes it and he <laughs> gets <Yeah>. all pissed. <laughs> um, and... For me, there was actually a lot of this film, more so than the rest of Brosnan's ones, where it, it almost felt like it resonated a bit more with Craig's time as, as Bond, um, even to the point where Natalia loads that gun. Um, there's a part where she he gives her the gun and he's like, do you know how to use this? And she loads it and does all that with it, you know? And that was like, wow, that feels like Spectre when they're on the train. Um, yeah. And just a little bits like yeah, that's it. And it's just little bits like that where I really enjoyed it. There's just, yeah, everything about this film. The suits in, yeah. the, the subtle side of it is good. Um, some great Tambor and Asa clothing in there as well with obviously the Brioni suits. Um, the only thing that I look back on that is like, there's a bit near the end where they've got like this, this hugely high-tech laser system that's going to blow up, you know, pretty much cities and that yet you can just shove a metal rod in there into the chain and that will stop it um right that's probably my that's probably my only little bit where i was like well should have should have come up with some sort of like safety fault for that because that was yeah. um that was not great and it's almost funny now like you know you sort of see see the way that it's obviously based around sort of computers and things like that, which at the time people didn't really know about and didn't understand. And you're watching it now and you're like, what What are they actually doing? I'm confused. What What codes are yeah. these that they're using? And neither here nor there. But it's it's a perfect time capsule for 1995, you know? I think that mm-hmm. um, I, I would have been like two when this film came out, two or three. So I obviously didn't see it when it came out at the time, but I know that I right. saw it when I got a bit older um, and I I still enjoy it now as much as I did then to be honest yeah me as well I uh, it's just funny like I, I googled it and there's this picture of uh, 006 and 007 it was 006 right Trevelyan yeah, was, yeah. Okay. Um, I just remember like those silencers and stuff like god I wanted that gun so bad as a kid I just <laughs> wanted it so bad but my cousin and I, you remember in the in the game when you get shot, it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like we pray. I'm telling you, if it doesn't come out good, I'm doing it spot on, people. Um, but yeah, I mean the game too. The game was so good to me. It's one of the best video games of all time. I don't give a shit if people disagree. Like it is such a good video game, and it follows the film so well. Like they do not do that good in any video game ever from what I can remember, except for this one. And if yeah. I'm wrong, you can tell me. I'm not trying to say that's never happened, but like even like the newer games when they tried making films or games that followed the films, they didn't do as good of a job. Like this this game was insane. Um but yeah, I mean Natalia was a great casting. Yeah. Um I my favorite scene too, I think in this one I really like the scene when he's in the Aston Martin and Xenia pulls up in that Ferrari, which is a Ferrari that I've wanted my entire life. Like, I would take that over 95% of the new ones that F3 
five five GTS. That thing is, I think that's what it is. That thing is sweet. Um, I mean, the movie is just it, the film's just got it all. It's the best way to say yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Like I'm always I'm always a little bit on the the fence about um on a top like I I think she's great in this film, and I think that. You know, it's a good person to have in this film, and the character she plays is good. But I never overly enjoy her scenes, to be honest. Um, right. It's yeah, I don't know why. I know that it's maybe not sort of like a a popular opinion, but I don't overly enjoy her scenes. But I feel like she's good for the film. Like yeah, that I don't I don't disagree with that at all. At yeah. All. Um, and I just think my my personal favorite part of this film is still that tank chase. Like just oh yeah, him getting in a tank and just you know driving around destroying shit, love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's my number one. I don't think there's any massive surprises there that we've both picked that one as our number one. I thought we probably both came into this knowing that. But yep, I think to touch on the Famke thing again too. I think a good way to put that is she plays the character as it's written. You know what I mean? The characters. Yeah the more annoying aspect of it. It is kind of a weird character. Like I never I never liked the scene when they're like having like a sex fight in that like sauna. I just, no, why? I don't understand. Yeah, like, that's kind of dumb. But maybe he, I'm not they, mature enough the to same, understand. Yeah. Is that what well no, I mean do? I guess <laughs> then that makes two of us. But yeah. for me it's like I think it makes sense how it, like we talked about this with Jocelyn, the scene with um Bernice Marlowe, Skyfall, where he just appears in the shower, and she's like, yes, please, insert yourself. But, (laughs) sorry, everybody. But in that scene, like, it makes more sense because Xenia is an absolute psychopath, and she uses that Mm -hmm. against men. But I think the reason, the saving grace for that scene is, is Pierce Brosnan, like, when he's like, no, 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 no. You know, and then like they just like leave. He's not just like, all right, now I'm gonna put the gun down again and let's make love, and no, then it we can talk it about makes how much sense. we each other again. Yeah, it makes sense on how that works. Like that all happens, and then they leave, and then she takes him to where he wants to go, and then he knocks her out. Like, right? There's that's. It felt very much, you know, equal playing fields. They're both assassins or whatever. And they treat each other like that. There's no, yeah. there's no questionable bits where you're like, well, that wouldn't happen because you just kill him or whatever. Right. He gets the gun. She, she drives him. A funny him, part in that out. scene. A funny part in that scene too is when after he, and I can't remember what he does, but he shakes her off somehow. And we're talking the most dainty, casual, slow motion like walk over and reach for the gun and she yeah. like kicks him that is another scene similar to the throwing the x-ray in the world x-ray in the world is not enough that i was just like he looks so stupid he's just like yeah. throws her across the room <laughs> but she's a freaking psycho so she's gonna get back up and he's just like hmm, let me grab my word where did i put it yeah. <laughs> she starts kicking his ass again it's like come on Pierce don't turn around pain face in he he started it in Golden Eye and he didn't stop until he'd die another day. His like face when he's in pain, where he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he looks like a sixty-year-old. His like, best is his teeth. Mrs. Doubtfire when he's choking in the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
my girlfriend and I just watched that a couple weeks ago. That scene is he actually plays the hell out of that part. But, but he still does that face in um in Eurovision when he's watching Will Ferrell sing and that. He's still doing exactly the same face mm-hmm. where he like clenches the teeth and sort of is you know, you know he's making that grunting noise. Even yep. if you can't hear it, it's the uh-huh. Um <laughs> This has been a weird episode. This is a weird podcast. Yeah. We've there's, there's a lot going on here. Um, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there, there was there was a hair on my screen, <laughs> cooling you down a bit. Um, but, but before we before we wrap anything up with uh, these four, I have to say Pierce Brosnan will always be. I mean, he's James Bond to me. He may not be my favorite now because Daniel Craig's so damn good, but I love Pierce Brosnan. I love that guy so much. I'll watch anything in it. He's in, just to quote Entourage, somewhat. I'll watch any movie he's in, even if it's a big piece of shit. <laughs> Which she has made some. So, yeah. but well, uh, Mamma Mia, my friends, is not one of those films. That's an amazing piece of work. Anyways, um, well, I think. I think, honestly, that probably wraps up this review pretty well. Finishing on Mamma Mia. Yeah. Here I go again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yes! But anyway, so we got some cool stuff coming up. Um, we have Harris Thomas will be coming out next week. Yeah. Big interview. Thank you so much to Harris for doing that. Um we're going to have Brian Levesque on as a guest host later, and I think that'll probably be November sometime. He is going to help us rank the George Lazenby films, or Jesus yeah. Christ, the Roger Moore films. Oh, my yeah. God. The George Lazenby films? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so let's start over, but not edit it. Brian Levesque will be on to help us guest host, and he's already been doing a lot of work on it. He will be helping us rank the Roger Moore films, not George Lazenby's film. Uh, Jake and I will have Timothy Dalton out. I think that'll be just you and I because it's just the two. Yeah. Um, later on, we got another good interview lined up that we'll be recording soon. I won't tell you who that is just yet. Um, but, yeah, we recorded this on Global James Bond Day, so happy belated Global James Bond Day. Uh, Jake, anything else you want to add before we – get going anything we need to touch on do you feel betrayed by Susie Vanner for <laughs> doing a <laughs> second I, competition I do not um no and uh no the only thing I'd like to add is um a massive congrats to you as well for hitting 1000 I know that you've um you know I love your Instagram page it's very well deserved mate so so congrats on that um and that's about it for me, really. I think, um, yeah. Yeah. Another. Yeah. I mean, this was a good one. I like doing these episodes. These are, these are some of my favorite to do because we, uh, we seem to go off on tangents that end up being pretty funny and pretty, pretty true at the same time. So I'm looking forward to the Timothy Dalton one. That's going to be, um, yeah. yeah, we, I mean, I think we're funny. I think Donnie Waldron <laughs> will really appreciate this episode. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. We need to bring up or shout out. I know Danny Gomez. I talked to Danny Gomez. I'm going to try to remember his rankings. God, I don't think I can. He's going to kill me. But 
Danny Gomez was actually originally going to be on this episode with us, and because of uh, scheduling and stuff, we had to do it without him. But his rankings were much more shuffled up than ours were. They were a lot more interesting. <laughs> so, um, But, yeah, so shout-out to Danny Gomez. I'm sorry I can't remember exactly what your rankings were. But GoldenEye I don't think was his number one. I honestly think oh, Tomorrow wow. Never Dies was. I think that I think Diana I think it went Die Another Day. I, I honestly think it was like Die Another Day, Golden Eye, The World Is Not Enough, Tomorrow Never Dies. If it wasn't, you know who he is. You can yell at him. You can yell at me. Do whatever you want. But anyways, I think that's it. Anything else Amazing. you'd like to throw in? I think that's me done, mate. Thank you everyone for listening. Yeah, thanks guys. We'll see you next week. Cheers. So close and be denied